Hello, it's me again, and I have a little treat for you to end the year on, a bonus episode of 30 by 30. I've wanted to get my parents on the podcast as they're always so supportive with everything, including this 30 by 30 project. I'm a very proud daughter because this year they celebrated their 40th wedding anniversary, which rather puts my fears around turning 30 into perspective. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Both are prolific readers, especially mum, and both are avid travellers, especially dad. And I returned home to Kent to record the two of them for the podcast in November this year, before recording my grandma, who I know as Silver Spice, in December. So here come mum and dad. What were you doing when you turned 30? I can remember that quite quite clearly actually we were living in Kingsley which was a fairly small well smallish village in Cheshire yeah and Katie was exactly 10 months old right it, Kingsley was a nice little place it was slightly the back of beyond but it, it was a, it was a pretty little place and the good thing was that there were a lot of young families there so lots of people with with babies sort of sim- similar age which, which was great because we were a long way from our families. So, so your family hail from the West Country, yeah, and yeah. mainly Devon, yes, and Plymouth, yeah, Plymouth. And Dad's, where were Dad's? Family? Well, sort of West. Well, Mum and Dad were in like West Wickham, sort of, so not so far from from Croydon. Yeah. So it was, they were, you know, a long, a long way away. Yeah, that can't have been easy. Um, no, I think, I think. When we got married, we were in Essex, so we were closer to, to Dad's family, but still a bit of a trek um, to to Plymouth. So I think in some ways we were, were were used to it, but it was it was a long way. Yeah, it it was a long way. So I was really grateful for all the friends, um, but we didn't. Dad and I didn't really go out very much in the evenings, partially because just too tired. Yeah. Um, but did, but that wasn't so much a thing then, was it? I think it wasn't so much a thing. Um, yeah, yes, it it wasn't so much a thing. And as I say, we were we were sort of fairly fairly isolated. But I think the other thing was I don't think there was anyone who I'd have been really especially happy sort of leaving no. Katie with. But for my thirtieth birthday, Grandma and Granddad, my parents, yeah. came, came to stay. I can't remember. I can't remember what we did in the day. But we'd have gone out. We'd have gone out somewhere. Um, but in the evening, Grandma and Gra- Granddad babysat and. Dad and I went out for a meal. Oh, yeah, and this was this was quite special. I think I'd lost most of the like the baby weight. Yeah, so I think I was able to oh, put on something, something nice. Yeah, and feel, and feel quite nice. And we went. To, I had no idea what the restaurant was called. It was on the Wirral, mm. um, and it was sort of quite. I think it was quite sort of fashionable at the time. It was like a. I think it was like a bit of a bistro. Had a very sort of modern sort of young feel to it I seem to remember all the all the waiting staff were young and there was there was nice music and um yeah and it was it was really nice and they had a tradition that I think people then would be going out for something special for their birthdays yeah. so if they knew it was your birthday they would play the Stevie Wonder happy, happy birthday. birthday to you and so th- that's because we play that yes whenever it's any one yes. of our birthdays so that's why yeah yeah. Oh, because so many people actually don't really know that song. Yeah, and I think it was the first time. Well, I think I think we might have been to that restaurant once before, yeah. so I think I was familiar with it. And I think that perhaps when I popped off to the ladies, Dad told the staff oh. because I'd seen it had been played a few times to different people, and then I mean, they probably brought like a little cupcake with a. 
candle yeah. but I don't remember that but you I mean, just oh I just remember them playing it and people would sort of stop and look and sort of like you know oh I, kn- I didn't know that so that's that's now really a family tradition yes. and that's where that comes yes, from it is. oh that's so wonderful yeah. yeah and I just I just remember having a really a really lovely evening I knew Katie would be fine yeah. at home with my mum and dad you were wearing a lovely outfit yeah what well, I could get into yeah <laughs> and um and I just I just, I just, re- I just really enjoyed it. It was lovely. That's a very special memory. So then you had Katie when, when you were just when you were twenty nine. Yeah. And then did you have me when you were thirty three? Thirty two. Thirty two. Yeah. Was that quite? That seems sort of. Was that then a little bit older to have children? Did you have a lot of friends who were more having their like babies in their twenties? Um, that's 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 a good that's a good question. I'm just trying to think of all the um, all the mums who lived nearby. Now, I think that was a I think that was about average. Was it? There were there were a few who were a little bit younger. Yeah. But I I think I think most of us were sort of when we had our first one were like heading towards yeah thirty. And so so you moved, so when you married dad mm. did did you live where did you live first? We we were in Essex. And then you moved to Cheshire. Yeah. So and that's think, where you had us. Yes. And did yeah. you buy both of those properties or did you rent them? No, no, we bought them. How much was, do you mind my asking how much your first property was? Yes. Yeah, the first one I think was about um, just over £17,000. And then the one in Kingsley, I think that one, about about £38,000. God. And I can remember at the time thinking... That's a lot of Never money. <laughs> thought I'd be living in a house that cost £38,000. Blimey, well, we won't say how much the house we're currently in probably is. Don't forget, I mean, we're going back a long time yeah. now. Um, but as well as that, I think property, just generally speaking, was cheaper yeah. then. I mean, it wasn't, yeah, they weren't giving it away, but it definitely wasn't. It wasn't the sort of scary thing that it is now. No. What do you make of this 30 by 30 project and you can be honest what do, when I when I told you about it me going through it what have you kind of made of it I think it's a really good idea I yeah. think you come up with some great ideas I think it's a I think it's wonderful that you've got 30 friends yeah. that you could ask because I've told a few of my friends about it and then with without fail they've all because they've been a bit of a stun so they've all gone I don't think I've got 30 friends <laughs> like I could ask so I think I think that's lovely that you've got so many friends I think it's just lovely that they have just you know your friends have really embraced it yeah I mean, they've really embraced it they've there's like a whole range of challenges yeah which is just which is just brilliant and I just think it's so touching that you know people have wanted to um have wanted with some of the challenges to do them with you and and have been keen to hear how you've yeah you know, how you how you've got on I've also what's also been really lovely is kind of friends of friends have followed it and I've also had people message me who I haven't spoken to in years really yeah sort of saying you know oh I, I love this or this yeah. particular challenge really spoke to me or whatever and that's been actually yeah. a really nice sort of surprise I never expected yeah. any of those things I think a few of my friends are listening as well. <laughs> yeah you do have some of your yeah. friends who are regular listeners yeah. yeah and then how about kind of some of my anxieties around entering a new decade do you do you have any thought like do you think that I'm because you 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 know me yeah do you think that I'm overthinking it do you think that do you, can you understand why me and some of my friends feel 
sort of a bit weird about it. Yeah, I have given this I have given this a bit of thought really. I think for most people when you sort of hit like a big O, you know, another mm. decade, I think it's quite common to have like a little a little bit of a wobble. Yes. I think I think that's I think that's perfectly like perfectly normal. Um I also think I mean I was looking back, I wonder if in my mind that I thought when I hit 30 I was going to have everything sorted. Yeah. I was going to sort of like know the answers to most things. I was going to know the right thing to do and yeah. all of that. Well, no, that wasn't the case. No. That wasn't the case. Still isn't. <laughs> Still isn't. I, I don't think many people no. actually feel they're, they're there. They're there and, so- yeah. and, and sorted. Um, but I think with every big birthday, you know, you you do perhaps have time have cause to question yourself yeah but I think I would say obviously having had more big birthdays than you the thing is they're inevitable there is there's nothing you can do about it really other than I would say just to embrace it yeah because you can't stop it so you might as well you know sort of like Run with it, it. Throw, throw yourself into it rather than yeah. worry about it. And let's face it, it's not as if we've got our number, our age like tattooed on our forehead. No, no. Not that that would matter, but no. but no. So I can understand, I can understand your anxieties, um, but I think maybe you and the other your other friends who are a bit a bit anxious about it. I, I I don't really think you need to worry. No. I don't think you need to worry. So then leading on from that, do you have sort of any pearls of wisdom for 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 me or for them, my oh, friends? You know, I love wor- I love words of wisdom. That was another thing. I thought, you know, when I got to cer- a certain age I'd sort of like just know all these things that I could yes. share with <laughs> yeah. you. But no, I like I like words of wisdom, you know, when you I you know, I'm a great reader, not just of novels, but of the newspaper yeah. and uh, and magazine articles and I I love it like a little bit of a saying or whatever so I don't know words of wisdom I think I think a few really I think we're all many of us are guilty of it but try not to compare yourself to others yeah because you're you yeah and they're, they're them. them and you don't know what's going on in their mind but I think you and all of your friends are all, all just sort of fabulous, yeah. in, you know, in, in your own way. Yeah. Um, and I think don't be too hard on yourself yeah. because in, in actual fact, you and lots of your friends, uh, you know, have achieved... Oh, don't you wear your... <laughs> don't well up because you'll set me off and I've only got a cup of tea. <laughs> gin, we need gin. <laughs> Yes. But, but I think I think you and a lot of your friends you've you've achieved yeah. so much and just to like to go off at a bit of a tangent you know I look back I don't really regret anything I don't think no. regrets are, are it's, it's not worth regretting anything but I think you and your friends have are doing sort of so much I mean you 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 travel yeah. you've, you you know you've a lot of your friends live in London or other big cities. You, you, you know, you grab the opportunities to go to to concerts and exhibitions and um, and some book signings yeah. and so many things like that. I think you and your friends are far more 
worldly and switched on than probably I was at at your age so I think you should be sort of all of you proud of what you've achieved and I can I can promise you that you will look back in years to come and you will think oh lordy why why was I worrying I was fabulous (laughs) I I was just fabulous look what I achieved and and you'll think oh I you know I shouldn't have been so hard on myself yeah I know you're right I do know that it's hard at the time. It is. It is. It it's is really hard, hard at the to time. pull yourself out of it. Yeah, and it I is. know. I know everything's fine. Yeah, it is hard. And it's and the other thing is, as you get older, you've got the benefit of hindsight, and you sort of know that in the end, things do have a habit of working themselves out. I mean, I would say I'm a, I am, you know, the eternal optimist. You are. I, yes. And I am very positive, and I'm not saying there haven't been times in the past when I've felt thoroughly brassed off um but things have a habit of of working out yeah well all of that sounds really wise oh good <laughs> do you have anything else that you want to didn't i want to, to say. say no i just think you're wonderful oh thanks mum as is my other daughter <laughs> strictly fair <laughs> <laughs> What were you doing when you turned 30? What I was doing? Um, In life. If you mean on the actual day, I don't remember. No. Um, but I had not long started working in the northwest. Yeah. Um, so I think I was working up there as technical manager, mm-hmm. um, probably a little bit before the birth, my birthday. Yeah. And then we moved up in the summer. Right. And I remember that quite well because um, because I'd got the job at 29, so I got there before I was 30, which was, was an that, achievement. Yeah, quite important to but you. But it was, uh, yeah, I suppose it was, and it's probably as quick as I could have done it in the way the sort of the career worked out. Yeah. But also, I remember it vividly because the GM uh, was the general manager. He was really chuffed that mm. it made us the youngest average age management team in the country. That's very cool. So that was that was kind of good, and yeah. obviously every month it, it, the average age goes up a month. Yeah. Uh, but it was quite a while before before anybody sort of came in came in below us. Yeah. So that was that was good. That's really cool. Yeah. And so you obviously you were married at that point. Married, yes. You didn't yet have a child. No, no, that came a couple of years later. That's really impressive, though, that as you say, sort of a technical manager at the age of twenty nine. Yeah. yeah. That's really impressive. Yeah, I think of that that, that sort of. Um, time within business that was pretty good that was pretty good going yeah did you did you have any anxieties around turning 30 no no No. I didn't it it didn't seem like a milestone no at that time I mean turning 21 was like a big thing um so 30 didn't seem like a big a big thing um I think probably 40 seemed bigger bigger yeah and and 50 had a bit of trepidation about that yeah because your time you know that's quite quite a bit further down the road yes uh but 30 no that wasn't at that time do you think that's kind of quite a modern thing the 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 30 thing i think i think it is um i think there are different pressures on on young people now to what they were in our, our day i think Although, although I don't think you're big in social media, I think that's a big part of the problem. Yeah. I think this sort of sharing of information and the way in which everything is so instant, I think adds pressure. Yeah. Um, and so I think that has made it a bit more of a thing. I think it's a bit harder to get started in life as well. 
you know, when when we graduated, there was a reasonable chance of getting a good job and starting starting a career path. Yeah. I think for your generation, it's different because there are so many people who take degrees. Yes. Who, who graduate, and not that getting a being a graduate is the only thing that matters, because I think there are lots of people who haven't done that perfectly good at doing their job but yeah. as a benchmark i think for all those who've who've got degrees there aren't jobs at the stand at the at the level of which there were for me when when i i got there no um now uh, and i think i think you yeah it's a bit it's a bit more of a fight to get onto the the ladder yeah to see the progression so i think arriving arriving at 30 and, and realizing perhaps you haven't got some of those ducks in line yes is a is a cause for more anxiety than it would have been in our, in our age mum sort of said that we shouldn't compare and she said afterwards what she meant by that was you shouldn't compare yourself to your peers but you also shouldn't compare yourself to the previous generation because there are generational differences yeah there, say, are, di- there are different pressures yeah saturation of yeah. graduates or whatever yeah. being yeah. being one of them yeah so what do you make of the thirty my thirty by thirty project when I sort of first told you about it and while I've been doing it? I think it's great. I think it's a it's a a nice way of pulling together lots of things. I think of affirming friendships. Yeah. I think particularly being based in London, mm. and I think with lots of friends around there, I, I think you're probably closer to your good friends than than perhaps if you're living outside of that environment would be you just yeah. have that many friends nearby they're probably further afield where and I know not all of your friends are in London yeah I think within that environment I think it's a good way of pulling together you know sort of things that make friends special yeah and and how they think of you as special and have designed things for you to do yeah which relate to yeah their experience their knowledge or their knowledge of you yeah I I, th- I think it's really good. Can you understand my anxieties around turning thirty? Yes, you- I can. Yes, I can. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I suppose actually, if you wanted a simple analogy, it would be like the episodes of Friends yeah. as they approach thirty. Yeah. You know, in New York, but but I think all of the milestones of things they wanted to have achieved yes. by then that they hadn't necessarily. Yes. And I th- I think that given some of the issues that are there like the number of graduates getting jobs making the progress um, the reward structures that are in business at the moment I I think there are a lot of pressures on you that if you it's very easy for you to make comparisons with your parents or with or with your peers and say oh I'm not doing as well as them or that person or where they were at that stage and actually therefore feel a bit left behind or, mm. or feel pressure particularly of this milestone. I think it's not it's it doesn't actually matter too much, but but as a something which affects you, yes I can see it can do that. Yeah. I think what I've what I've said from the start and what what I know is that, you know, sometimes I question myself when it comes to a lot. But I never doubt the fact that I'm surrounded by really supportive, fun people. And I think that's that's where I know I'm doing great because I've got this yeah. incredible support network of yeah. really amazing, wonderful people, yeah. and, and I and I and I don't I don't think I take them for granted actually. And I know that I know and I know that I find that really reassuring. I find them all, and I include I mean all of you. I mean my family and my friends. Yeah, but I I don't I don't think you take that for granted. I think you 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 value that and it's and it's yeah. there. 
um, and, and, and that network is definitely working for you, but I think you're aware of it. Yeah. And I, do, I, don't, I don't think that you, yeah, the fact that you're suddenly 13, you have or you haven't done this or that is what really matters. No. Um, the fact is you're well balanced. You've got a very good work ethic. Yeah. You've got a lot of good friends. You're mm-hmm. fun. You're loving. Yeah. I think you've got so much going for you that whether or not you've achieved certain targets that you've set yourself. Yes. Um, I think is... Yeah, those will still be there, but I don't, I don't think there's anything to worry about no. within it. But you've always set those targets. You yeah. did when you were at school. You set yeah. them for yourself, and nobody else was putting them there. No. But, you, but I, you know, and I remember your reaction to certain things, and yeah, and thinking, why does she feel, you know, sort of so concerned about that, and how can we help her? But that's your nature. Yes, and you have also hit on something which I think it's really important to make clear. And actually, it's part of the reason why I wanted to do this bonus episode is at no point. Have you or mum ever insinuated that I need to sort of like settle down, knuckle down, you know, meet someone, start having babies, buy a buy a house? Like, you know, you, at no point have you ever said en- any of those things. No. You're both just very much like you do what's best for you and we want you to kind of be happy and, you know, carve your own path. Yeah. And you and I talked about this quite recently when we sort of said that, you know, Katie's life and my life, they're quite different. Yeah. But neither are, they're right for us. Yeah. At the moment. They are. And and there's no no reason that you you shouldn't diverge and have different, a different plan or path or follow a different path. And neither is, neither is the better one. It's just the one that's right for you. Yeah. Or the one that's right for you with the circumstances that are there for you. Yes. There might be things that you would like to do. Or like to achieve and haven't done or can't do at the moment. Yeah. But if the opportunities haven't come along, then you can't. You shouldn't go through regressing right. things that haven't arisen. You're so right. Um, you know, we just want to help you to fulfil what what is what is there for you. Yeah. Um, with the circumstances that turn out, and if we can help you to do that, then hopefully we we do a good job. So then, leading this leads on really nicely. Do do you have any kind of words of wisdom for me or for my friends around kind of the topic of you know turning 30 or getting older or entering a new stage in our lives do you have anything that you kind of you want to say to me or to them i i wonder whether and i touched on it earlier on the pressures aren't higher mm. by being in london yeah and and i know i've said it to you recently that actually working in london has been great because as a young person there are lots of opportunities lots of things happening which you have a chance to experience. So yeah. I fully understand and 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 can see why, as a young person, you're drawn towards a big city. In the, in our case, locally, the the capital. But there are plenty of people of your age, outside of London, yeah, or outside of any big city, um, who can still carve out what they what they want. And so I suppose there comes a point where does actually being in London create even more pressure you know the commuting the readily available social life all of the time yeah which puts a pressure on your spending yeah you know actually if you've experienced all of those things does there come a point where actually finding somewhere not in the sticks but a little less um, city centric might be better and just ease things down a little bit I just think having had a few years there, it's something for you and any of your friends who are under similar pressures, mm-hmm. you know, in, term, in terms of your spiritual well-being, mm. um, to actually think about, uh, is this actually the best environment for that? So obviously my kind of millennials 
have a bit of a reputation for being snowflakes. Do you think that, and be honest, do you think that is kind of true? Or do you think that we do actually, we do have it quite hard? Or do you think it's a... a What do you mean by snowflake? So by that I mean that we're kind of a bit entitled and we feel like things should come to us more easily. And we're a bit kind of wet behind the ears and sort of woolly liberals. I don't think you are, and I think therefore probably know that your friends aren't either. I don't don't think there's any feeling of entitled, you know, sort of entitlement i think i think if you did feel it it wouldn't it wouldn't be entirely wrong um, in as much as you know there's a lot of work that goes into to getting a degree to going to university spending time there getting that in my age there was an expectation of getting jobs at certain levels i think now there are a lot of graduates who are struggling to get any job let alone a job which they've trained for yeah and so if you did feel a little bit entitled, I don't think that would be unreasonable. Mm. No, I don't, but I don't think you are. I don't think from the you, your friends that I know, I don't think that's the case. Is there anything else that you want to say on this 30 by 30 podcast? Yeah, I think looking back, I think it would have been nice if, if actually we'd thought of doing something like this. Yeah. At the time, you know, I just think of the friends we've had because we've moved around a bit we've lost touch with a few of them i wonder if that might have actually kept us a bit more in touch yeah i know i know within this series you know on the recordings you've made so far you've made reference to roger yeah my old friend um who sadly is not around anymore there are there are some nice ties between our families through that through that relationship but equally i look back there was there were a few years actually probably just before i was 30 when we we weren't much in contact right we'd actually drifted apart it was probably about now that actually it was beginning to get back together back in contact again yeah i think of andy my who was my best man who's also no longer around yeah and i just think actually if we'd had a few a few things like like you're doing with your friends that would be nice to actually look back on there and there would have been a special bond associated with them yeah i don't want to give the impression all my friends are dropped in but i mean there's <laughs> there are a few around who are still around yeah um and some good ones but i think yeah i think actually it's a very special exercise you're going through I think it'll actually cement your bonds with you, with those friends, and all being well, they'll be friends for a very long time, if not friends for life. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think when I think of Roger, I miss I miss that, and I know they've all been part of of this. Yeah. This exercise in setting you some tasks, um, which I think have been good, um, and I think, yeah, it would have. Looking back, I think I'd have quite liked to have had done something like this. But I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I want to do 65, 65 <laughs> things by the time I'm sixty-five as an exercise. Um, so perhaps, perhaps, perhaps you've got to match it with the, with the, with the age to get the number right. And perhaps thirty by thirty is probably about the right number. I think that's a big enough challenge. I used to visit my grandma and granddad in Devon every summer with my mum and sister, and my childhood memories mainly involve never-ending picnics and kite flying. After 52 years of marriage, my lovely granddad passed away in 2006 and fabulous Silver Spice remains in their house in Plymouth. She travelled up to Kent for Christmas with us. Silver Spice? Yes? What were you doing when you were 30? Well, when I was 30, I was just a young wife and mother and we had moved into our house in Southwell Road only just about a year before. Right. So your mummy was about four Richard was two yeah and we were just settling down into our 
well, we'd been there coming up to a year, but we're just settling down into a new home. And so that's where you live now, isn't it? That's right. 59 years ago, yeah. And how long had you been married to Grandad when you moved into Southwell Road? When we moved in there, uh, would be um, eight years. So for all that all of your family were really from Plymouth, mm. you did live in Bath for a stint. Lived there for seven years. Seven years. And that's where Nicola and Richard were born. Yeah. And those were very happy years. Yes. You had a really gorgeous house. It was a lovely house. It was a detached house. Mm. And it was surrounded... We we overlooked um, fields Mm. and a farm. And to the side of it, all fields as well. It was... Well, we were right on the edge of Bath, what they called the Green Belt. Right. It was lovely living there. It was idyllic. Yeah. But I think by the time... Mum would have been ready to start school. It would have been a problem. Mm. Uh, the school was quite some way away, and in those days, we didn't have a car. No. We couldn't afford a car. No. So uh, my next-door neighbour, she would have to trudge across the fields with her little girl, who was about uh, uh, a couple of years older than, than Mum. Yeah. Yeah. So it, 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 it was lovely then for us as a young couple and getting the home together and having the two little ones there. But it was not exactly practical. No. So is that why you moved back to Plymouth? Exactly. Okay. As Grandad said, we must be near schools, we must be near a doctor, a church, a library. We must live where, you know, Yes. we can have a bit of a life going on. Yes. Yeah. And so, yes, you've been there, you've been in that house ever since. Yes, we moved in oh, well, December 1960, just a week before Christmas. There you go. And we even had a Christmas tree up for all we just moved in. But so as a, a young woman with two children who just moved into a, a you know, a nice a nice new house, mm. was that then where you like a stay-at-home mum? Yes. Did you have a job or were you kind of, that was, the party was to be at home with the children? I was, st- I was still at home yeah. and I, I didn't go uh, back to work until mum was 16. Yeah, and it's nice how obviously then, you know, you've been in that house for 59 years, did you yeah. say? And so mum has memories of her growing up there, but then Katie and I have memories of when we'd come and visit. Exactly, yes. And how the house has changed and... Yes. All the different parties and Christmases that we had exactly, at Southwell yes. Road in Plymouth. Yes, yes, I know. Well, I mean, you've been coming there since you were a baby. Yeah. Yes, we used to bath you in a bowl on the dining room table. <laughs> you were really tiny, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yes. But, what did you say, 1961, um, that's right, when I was 30, um... That year, or swiftly following on to 61, I joined the Towns Women's Guild. Right. And made a lot of friends there. It's a non-political group of ladies, and uh, it's, uh, it was an opportunity for women to come together, enjoy each other's company, to visit places of interest, to have speakers and learn about all, all sorts of things. Yeah, yeah. And we have a charity every year. Oh, well, that's lovely. Yeah. yeah. So when you were 30 as well, did you you obviously bought Southwell Road. You obviously bought that. Took a yes. mortgage. Yes. 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 So you were married with two children yes. and a house. Yes. But I'm guessing that was more the norm then, to probably, for a woman, by the time she was 30, to be married with yes, a child. It, it was the norm then. Yeah. I mean, it's changed over the years and, and not a bad thing, really. 
Yeah. You know, but it was the norm. You normally had your children in your 20s. Yeah. You know, if you were fortunate enough to be able to have them. Yeah. Yes. What do you make of this 30 by 30 project? Well, I think it's a fine thing. I think in itself, it's a huge challenge yeah. to take out 30 challenges yeah. in the year leading up to 30. I think it's a huge thing to do. Yeah. But I do admire you for doing it. And I, I've got my favourites amongst them, obviously. <laughs> what, what are some of your favourites? <laughs> I think Scalpel Pike, <laughs> The Climber Simon. Yeah. I thought that was brilliant. And when you got to the top and, and he produced the gin. Yeah. Was it a can? Was it a little <laughs> yeah, can of yeah. gin and tonic? That's right. And when he asked you back in the in the inn, what was your what was the highlight for you of that climb that we've just done? And you said the gin and tonic and you got to the top. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was a very special challenge. Yes. You actually said you said to me, Do you need another challenge? Do you remember what the challenge was that you were going to give me? Well, my challenge was to look into joining an amateur dramatic group. Yes. I really think <laughs> I really think you'd be well in there. You'd do well in there. Thanks, Silver Spice. To look into it, I'm not saying <laughs> you must join one. Yes. But maybe look into it, see what's yeah, it's a big, it is a big commitment. My friend Lois is in a lot of Andram groups. Is and she? It is a big, yeah. We've got a contact already. <laughs> yeah, I know, but she's based in south-west London, so oh. I'm, I'm east and north of the river, so... But you, you, you'd be brilliant in that. Thank you, Silver Spice. Yeah, you've got a talent, you'd be wasting... Thank you. <laughs> you'd be wasting it. You'd be wasting it if you don't do it. So, Go on. do you understand my anxieties around turning 30 or are you a bit mystified by why me and some of my peers feel a bit anxious about it and and you know this is your opportunity to be very honest well I am a bit mystified by it really because 30 is so young yeah (laughs) I mean I'm 88 30 is yeah you're a young woman yeah you know so I, I don't know why you're all a bit anxious about it, really. Yes, well, I really appreciate your honesty because I've thought that and and people say that. People say, God, you're so young. Yeah. Um, can you see how, you know, when you... And if Grandad was alive, I'd ask Grandad. And if I asked him as well what you were both doing when you were 30, yeah. you know, you both had bought a house, you had children, Grandad had a great career... Do you see how, you know... I see what you mean, you're relating it. Yes, yes. do you you're see how that. that's maybe why my age group feel a little bit... Right. Like, yeah. you know... I can. I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. Yeah. No, I wouldn't worry about that. It's a different world. Yes. And it's a different life. We never had the opportunities that you have. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think well, you, you fly, you've been all over the world, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, to us... It wasn't even considered. I mean, it was yes. impossible. Yes. Even if we decided not to have a family, just make the most of your life. Yes, because also, Grandma, what I've been aware of, and I don't want to upset you, but it also occurred to me that in the first 10 years of your life, let alone the first 20 or 30 years of your life, yeah. you did not have an easy start no. to life, did you? No, no. So you no, lived during the Blitz... Yeah. And P- Plymouth was decimated in the Blitz. That's right. Um, and you have some very traumatic memories of that. Very traumatic memories. So I'm also very conscious that here I am, you know, this millennial 
thinking, oh God, pity me, I'm feeling really overwhelmed by the world. You must look on and think, yes, but you're alive and well and the world is quite a scary place at the moment, but not as scary as when you were little. Oh gosh, no. I I didn't have the easiest of starts. Um, I mean, my mother was widowed when I was only three. Yeah. And she struggled. She really struggled, you know. Um, And of course, I was suffered ill health and not we don't want to go into details no but you but i mean she had all that worry she struggled as my grandmother said you'll never rear her you'll never rear her she'll never live you know yeah so my dear mother she was the one really who had the the hard life and all the worries you know yes but um but i mean granddad when i met him he i mean he, he was just so so lovely and cheerful and yeah. optimistic you know and yeah. came from a, a nice family and a warm family that welcomed yes. me in because you know, it was you and your mum wasn't it that's right and you know you were evacuated oh yes that's right twice uh no i no no i was evacuated uh once to to, to swindon okay and uh, my mother took me there, took me there in the march. Yes. And I was so unhappy. Yes. I was, I was nine at the time, that when she came to visit in the June. Yes. I begged her to take me home. That's right. And is that when you then bought the little bunnies at Woolworths? Yes. The very day that we caught the train home, we yeah. went into a into a shop. It was either a Woolworths or a Littlewoods, and she set me up on a high stool to a counter. And um, ordered this knickerbocker glory. Yeah. And uh, it was the mo- probably, probably the most synthetic knickerbocker yeah. glory ever made. You couldn't get cream or no jellies were on food coupons and points and all that. But I remember this thing, and I bought her these two little rabbits in that same store. And you've still for got s- for sixpence each. Yes. Yeah, and you've still got them. Yes, and it's amazed, but she kept them on her mantelpiece all those years. Well, that must have been, you must have both just felt some kind, I mean, obviously it must have been quite frightening to have then brought you back to Plymouth, but oh, it I must have, come back. you were exactly. I, I said, I don't care about the bombing. No. Because I was hearing it on the radio every night at Swindon. Yeah. It would say, at every time it's six o'clock news, bombing in the southwest again last night, every night. Yeah. And I just thought, i got to I'll never see her again, you know. Yeah. Well, that's what, why she must have kept those bunnies on her mantelpiece forevermore, yeah. because yes. she she had you back. Yes. And she knew you wanted to be there. And, yes. But didn't you also get... I thought you got evacuated to someone who was very kind. Well, that's right. My mother, I give her full credit, she, had t- she took in lodgers in mm. the 1930s to keep a roof over our head and to and to keep us yeah feed us you know but uh the men started disappearing they were being called up right and uh she looked into it and she rented what they call a general dealer's shop right these days you might call it a convenience store yeah sold a bit of everything and we lived in a, a room at the back and a room down right down low in the basement. We were in the air raid shelter in 1943 and that house had a direct hit with a bomb. We were both in the hospital. Yeah. Carol came down on the air raid shelter Yeah. and my mother was badly injured. And uh, Granny took me up to Bristol. Auntie Rose and Uncle George. Right. Cousins, Charlie and John. Yeah. And they were wonderful. Yes. Wonderful. 
didn't she know that grandma, your your grandma, mm-hmm. sorry, your mum, my yeah. great grandma Betty, yeah. didn't she know that she was going to come and visit you? So didn't, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't she then cut up one of her auntie robes, she cut up one of her own dresses to make you a dress that you she would look did. lovely for yeah. your mum's yeah. arrival? Mum was going to come and, and stay a day or two, but she came to fetch me to take me home. Right. And they had found another another flat to move into. And the night before, my mother was coming on the train. Auntie Rose took her own dress apart and she laid it out and she cut out and and by her machine she made a dress for me so I had a new dress How wonderful. Yeah. Last Christmas or the Christmas beforehand, you bought some candied fruits. Like crystallised fruits. And you told a story about how it maybe it was one of those flats that they found you after you'd lost your home. That's right. And you had very sparse furniture. It was I think it was, you said it was quite dark yeah. where you, they placed you. Yes, this this flat. People were nice living downstairs, but this flat it had been papered years before. Everything was dark, dark and yeah. miserable. And um, this particular Christmas, 1943, Mama sat by the fire and she opened this cardboard box. She said, we've got a parcel Mm. from Canada. From Canada? From Canada. And they were doing this, sending over to people who had lost their their homes or lost family. Yeah. They were, yeah, the Canadians were sending over parcels. Gosh, that's amazing. Yeah, to help, yeah, to cheer people up. And when she opened it up, it had all sorts of things in there, like toothbrushes and toothpaste and a little towel, all sorts of bits and bobs. And there was this box. To me, it looked huge, but I don't know. How old were you? I was just 12. And I, I remember I was sat looking out the window and she called me over and said, Paul, come and choose. What are you going to have? And she held out this box and I'd never, ever seen glacé fruit. And there they were all the shapes, the apricots, the grapes and all the others all laid out. Yeah. How lovely. Yeah. It's funny how you remember things like that, isn't it? Yes. Well, and these yeah. stories that you've always told yes. me have stuck with me because I think that's what I mean is I am very aware that I am very lucky and that you did have a very difficult start to life and that I had yeah, a very but, lucky... But a lot of people did. It was the war, war years mainly, Lucy. Yeah. A lot of people did. A lot of people lost their lives. And then how old were you when you met Grandad? 17. 17. Sweet 17, yeah. And you met him at a dance? Yes, I was actually going out with one of his friends at the time. He kept saying to his others nasty things about me, you know, don't go near her. She, oh, really? She, 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 she'd go out with you and then she drops you, you know. Oh. But fortunately... Grandad didn't listen. Grandad didn't listen. <laughs> he was one of the boys, but he didn't listen. Yeah. I love pictures of the two of you. You were beautiful. You still are beautiful. And he was very, he was very handsome. Tall. Didn't with the Columbia, the Columbia Pictures woman at the start of films when she shoots bit like the Statue of Liberty. Oh, yes. And she's standing there like with a, with a sort Excuse of, me. Almost, almost like a toga or something, some sort of draped fabric. It was a, Gre- a Grecian, Grecian robe, isn't yes. it? Yes, and she's yes. holding a, a flame. A torch. Yeah. And he looked up to me one evening as one of these films came on and said, when did you pose for that then, Paul? <laughs> He was such a joker, Grandad. He was a charmer. He? he was a charmer. Yes, he was. Do you have any words of wisdom for me or my peers? Well, I think I said them earlier when I said just enjoy life. Yeah. Just make the most of life. 
Yeah. That's the best thing to do. You've got loads of friends. You have a good time. You go to the theatre. You go to cocktail bars. Yeah. You've got your challenges. Yeah. Are you going to take me up on the um, drum looking into that? I don't think this year, Silver Spice, just because it's going to be quite a busy year, all right. things considered. Right. So, you know, yes. I've got quite a lot. I'm still only halfway through. Um, you know, there's been some changes. Yes. yes. So I think I, I'm not... I'm not sure I will, but that's not to say I won't at some point. No, no, I think possibly you might be as well to wait because you might you might go along and they they might not let you go once you show the interest. That's it, they might then just and say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lucy, we need you for the next Hollywood blockbuster. That's right. And I'll think, oh, you, you what am I going to do? I've got other challenges to do. Exactly, I can't do it. what am I going to do? Do I leave London and go to LA? It's, you know, it's... I know, it could be tricky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It could be very tricky. Hold, hold... Let's wait. Hold on to that let's idea. Wait. Let's see where I stand when I'm 31. That's right. Is there anything else that you want to say on the podcast? There's no pressure. I'm very proud of you, Lucy. Very, very proud of you. Oh. I really am. You know that um, all of my friends are just so fiercely fond of you. You know you have a... a really? Yes, you have yeah. a reputation and for just being so wonderful and warm. Well, you've got lovely friends each and every one of them are lovely. When you talked about them all, Poppy and Gemma, all of them. Yeah. You know, I know, I know them all by name because you've told me what you've all been doing. And yeah. Let's go and get a drink, shall gorgeous. we? Yeah, yeah. Not that I feel drained, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but any excuse. Go and see if Robbie's bar's ex- open. Wonderful people and wonderful words. I hope you enjoyed listening as much as I enjoyed recording. <laughs>